0: All right, what is going on everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber sims DFS office hours. It is Monday, November 13th of 2023 here. Looking ahead, we have a four-game NBA slate tipping off later this evening. We have NFL showdown between the Broncos and the Bills, and then we have a two-game hockey slate today. So it should be a lot of fun, plenty of DFS action coming at you. For those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at Saber sim This is a show where we go over how to use the Saber sim app answer any and all DFS related questions. You get your questions in one of three ways here. First off, send us an email support at saberson.com. Second way, post it live in the YouTube chat. Third way, post it in the office hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord and want to get access to that channel, there is a link in the description of this video to get joined up. You get access to our similar channels, individual sport channels. Office hours channel, you get access to the rest of the Sabersim team as well as other sharp members of the community. So can't say enough good things about the Discord. But it is Monday here. So that means we do have to announce the winners of week 10's weekly max challenge here. Uh for those of you guys who aren't familiar, it is a promotion/slash giveaway we do during the NFL season here. We promote it each and every day because it is free to enter and we want it to send out as many rewards as possible to our users here. So all you have to do is follow the eligibility requirements down here on the bottom, use the some logo, fill out our form, and then max enter one of the DraftKings Minimax contests on the Sunday main slate. And then you get access to weekly rewards and season-long rewards. And then we actually just started doing a version for Owner's Box, I believe uh, week eight or week nine here. So a couple weeks into that. But to get started here, uh, got to announce our winner. So our highest score for the week on DraftKings was C. Wit and What he is going to get for his very high fourth place finish with 258.36 points is a Sabersim hoodie and an entry into our end of the season free roll. So congratulations to you there. And over on Owners Box, we actually had a bink this week. So um, say wizard. Wizard Jade, Wiser Jade 90 here with a first place finish, 236.08 points. Congratulations to you for winning over on Owner's Box. You're going to get this awesome championship belt here and a dedicated spot on our winner circle. So congratulations to the winners for the highest scores this week. Our team will be sure to reach out to you on that front. And then for everybody else who participated, we had 191 people max enter the mini max on DraftKings. So numbers are still holding very strong here. So I've grabbed all these names, brought them into our trusty wheel of names here. Going to hit the shuffle a couple of times and then we are going to spin the wheel to see who wins free entry into next week's DraftKings mini max contest. So there's a random winner and uh, it is ross uh ross works for Saber sim and ross is not eligible to win prizes so i'm gonna have to talk to ross to tell him to stop signing up each and every year for this giveaway it's almost like he wins a spin every year which is like actually a funny like ongoing joke uh but ross is not eligible to win so we have removed ross and we are going to spin again to see who the winner is All right. Winner is Alan Ruiz. Congratulations, man. Uh, Congratulations to all the winners for this week. So Alan is going to win free entry into next week's Minimax contest here. Appreciate you guys participating each and every week. We will be right back here next Monday to announce the winners for next week. But with that said, uh, we are going to jump into our regularly scheduled office hours here. So let me get rid of some of this stuff. And then we are going to start with the questions that came in in Discord as always here. And then we will jump into the questions that came in via the YouTube chat here. So get your questions in now, guys. And it looks like our first question here came in from Billsnut. Question says, in the limited time I have after I run builds for an NBA contest, run the contest sim, adjustment uniques, and sort by risk-adjusted ROI. What else can I do quickly to improve my builds? Ditto for NFL showdown. I see a lot of SaberSim and helmets at the top of the leaderboard. Nice to see. What can I do to help me get there too? Great question here. Uh, so, yeah. So, like, for NBA, you know, I, I would actually just tweak one small thing that you mentioned. So, you said you're, you're going to run your contest sim. You're going to adjust your mini-neeks and then sort by risk-adjusted ROI. I would do opposite, right? So, run your lineups and then run your contest sim once those lineups finish building. Sort by the metric that you want to use because your exposures are going to change depending on what metric that you sort by. And then I would start to increase my min uniques. And then for me, the way I see min uniques is I like to basically adjust it until I'm comfortable with the exposures. So I might do that a little bit differently than like some of the advice that you guys get from Jordan. Uh, That's really just because we have different styles as like far as we're trying to go here and like in DFS, the way, the way we like to play. So like what Jordan likes to do is he will do something. Oh, I think I'm in optimizer mode because I was testing something earlier and I'm not, but let's try again. Cause blinds for building very slowly. So let's just open up a new build here. Give the apple once over. But yeah. So like the way Jordan likes to do it is uh max out mini neeks and then go one less than the max. I like to just adjust the mini neeks until I'm comfortable with the exposures that I see as far as like leverages and, and overall risk management, which is a little bit more subjective. That's why I think Jordan's advice is generally good for somebody who like kind of doesn't know where they want to start. So that's definitely like a process I fine-tuned over time, but yeah. So, so lineups first, lineups are building good. And then contest sim second. And then what I would do is, is, is the, and then sort and then start to analyze my portfolio, right? So like right now, you know, sorting by Sabre score, I have two players at 100%, Siakam and Ellis. I have two players over 70, Dosunmu and Jared Allen. So then now let's go sort here. And these stay pretty similar, right? I think that's kind of a little bit normal for NBA but then now I would go in here and then start to adjust my mini neeks. And then for me, I'm trying to see how far down in my pool, I'm going, looking at my lowest ROI. So plenty of ROI still left here. Uh, We're, we're, we're unable to get to five mini neeks, mostly because I only built 500 lineups here. So then I would stop at four. Right. And then from here, what I could do is make any fine tune adjustments. Maybe I don't want Ellis this high, maybe, Maybe Dosunmu is is way too high, right? Maybe ownership hasn't updated for like some news that came out, but but these are decisions that I would make. It really just narrows down the amount of decisions that I need to make, and then I could also sort by leverage, right? So Dosunmu at seventy percent leverage, and then the next highest is thirty six percent. So that's like a very big jump. So I would spend some time looking at what is going on here in this situation, but the chances are to me that ownership just hasn't updated, uh, I and mean, he looks like to be pretty low salary, so. We'll see what happens there, but that should get dialed in through the rest of the day. And then, and then after that, right, submit my lineups, be around for late swap, be ready to take advantage of those windows here. Um, I have this video from last season. My NBA process is like a little more involved generally here. So if you guys want to see like what I'm doing, as far as like research wise, you can go back to our, how to be NBA DFS in 2022 playlist watch this video, upgrade your NBA DFS process with this NBA research strategy. It was basically like an interview format where Jordan was asking me questions as I'm going through trying to interpret what I'm doing and trying to gain some tips overall here. So that is what that video is. If you're looking for some ways to try and add some value to your process, I would check that out and see if you can apply some of those concepts in your own process there. And then also said um, NFL showdown. So NFL showdown is a little bit different, right? You're going to like, Uh, basically once the contest starts, you know, there is no late swap. There is no going back into your lineups. So NFL showdown, definitely different. Uh, there are some resources here that I like to suggest that people check out. So first one, and you know what, let me just put this video in the chat. Something I've been trying to do to like make these videos a little bit more accessible for you guys is just link them to you. So for NFL showdown, I have a couple of resources that I really like, and I've actually just recently added to them. So the first one is Jordan's how to beat NFL showdown in 2023 video here. I think this is a great start. And then second would be when Max Steinberg came on to discuss how he won a million dollars playing NFL showdown and how his lineup was unique. So that would be another great video to watch right here. And then also limiting duplicates, right? That's super important in NFL showdown. So we have a great tutorial on how to use geometric mean basically what geometric mean is how it differs from some ownership and product ownership and how to apply that across all plans on SaberSim here. So then this video is really good. You can find this one in our help docs. And then we've done some contest review shows around showdown here. So Max and I do our weekly review show. So he did one solo where this is the week where giant squid won 500 K solo in showdown here. So talking about his portfolio, looking at things that Giant Squid was doing, that's a great video. And then also in week four, we spent some time looking at NFL Showdown as well here. And then this was a really good one on NFL Showdown. So like, honestly, you know, what you're going to find, oops, that was not the right link. What you're going to learn in these videos is like so much more than I can just like teach you in like a quick segment on office hours. Like spend some time watching those things, spend some time trying to, uh, digest those concepts and then learn how to apply them to your own processes. But I would definitely check out like that assortment of videos. And then if anybody needs those assortment of videos, you guys can hit me up in the discord and then I can provide those to you because I do keep those readily available. All right. Uh, Next question. I actually missed one here. So do you want to hit this one? This is a good one. Question says, can you shed some light on how adjusted ownership is calculated? Uh, Great question. So I don't actually know the mathematical formula around it, but I could give you like a high-level overview of how it's calculated. So the easiest thing here to do is sort by ownership, and it'd probably be even better to go and look at a sport like hockey uh, because it'll make a little bit more sense in hockey. So if we go to the two-game main slate for tonight, and we sort by ownership here, so, what you're going to see is that the my own column is reflecting the SaberSim ownership column. And then next to SaberSim ownership is our adjusted ownership column. If you hover over the tooltip, it's going to give you a brief overview of what it means. So, it says ownership rating adjusted for average ownership at the player's position and their projection variance here. So, what adjusted ownership is doing, it is looking at the SaberSim ownership. And then it is looking at the player's range of outcomes here, and then it is giving them a score. And the reason that it's giving them a score here is because when you run hockey lineups, well, generally for all Sabre scores, the Sabre score formula is going to have three variables, some projection, upside, and adjusted ownership of the lineup. So what we do, though, is we do a negative weight on adjusted ownership, meaning the higher the adjusted ownership, the more the lineup is going to be taxed, the more the lineup is going to uh, be be uh, hurt in that regard, right? That is a way of playing lower overall ownership lineups to take into account the, the ownership metric here, right? So if I click into Sabre scores, I can click this eye icon, I can see what these weights are. So right now in this small slate, 10 to 50 K entries, I see a negative 0.5% weight on the average adjusted ownership of the lineup here. So when these adjusted ownerships are higher, the lineups are getting hurt more. So what SaberSim is doing is looking at the player's ownership and then determining, Hey, do we think this player is high variance or do we think it's very likely that this player meets or exceeds their owners, their, uh their average projection here. So, Nathan McKinnon projected for 19.1 points. That would that happens about 10% of the time. But if I add all these other times up, 11, 13, so it's 24, 32, 42, 47. So 47% of the time he is achieving less than his mean, which actually isn't that bad. Um, but basically what we're saying is like, hey, we think that, you know, across all of our sins, this player is like pretty high variance. So we So when you weigh that against his ownership rating – we want to give him a higher score because that will in turn hurt the amount of times that he comes up in your lineups. So we're basically saying, Hey, you know, this player's uh variants weighed against their ownership. We don't love, we don't love this player. If his adjusted ownership was lower than his actual ownership that, or even equal, we would say, Hey, we actually like pretty much, we like this guy a lot. We think he's like a really solid play. An example of that, would probably be um let's see i don't see one where he's actually lower but i see some that are like equal right so so somebody maybe like a higher dollar person um let's go with well we could just go with like a goalie right so stewart skinner here his distribution is a lot more normally distributed where his most likely outcome is his mean, which is not what we saw with McKinnon here, and this is much more bell shaped curve. So, this makes a lot more sense to me as to why these two numbers are the same. His ownership is about 25%, his adjusted ownership is also 25%. So, we're saying, hey, we like Skinner, we think he's a fine play, so not as high variance here. But that's basically what Saber Sim is trying to tell you. He's trying to tell you, do we think this player's do we think playing this players at this ownership is worth their variance? And then the score will say basically yes or no. So yes is like meeting or or uh, below their ownership rating. And then above is basically saying, hey, we think this player is too high variance for the ownership that they are coming in at. So that is what adjusted ownership is trying to tell you. All right. Dice Hawk said, How do you decide whether to late swap for a tourney like the NFL Minimax when there are no inactive issues? It seems like it's hard to know whether you're helping yourself out or possibly destroying a good lineup. Okay, good question here. So I do want to start by saying that you are never hurting your lineups by late swapping. All you're doing is taking advantage of the latest and greatest information and rebuilding with that information. So at no point are you hurting yourself by late swapping. If you are using contest sims, which I see that, that you're on the ultimate plan, Dicehawk, uh, what you are doing is you are taking advantage of the live sims. So what that what that would look like is that we would see how all of the morning games or early afternoon games played out. And then from there, we would look at uh, you know how those players have done, how they are affecting your lineups. And then we would try and optimize your lineups for the rest of the slate to either have the highest win equity or highest cash rate or per lineup, right? If a lineup's doing bad, we're going to try to optimize the cash. If the lineup's doing good, we're going to try and optimize to win. Ultimately, it just comes down to optimizing for the highest ROI achievable on a lineup by lineup basis. And for different lineups, that means optimizing for different things. So if I were, you know, trying to decide whether or not to late swap, I would choose to late swap just to take advantage of, Of the live sims and basically optimize my lineups for the rest of the slate going forward all right next question here from point blank question says is there a number of dupes you will allow in a typical nfl showdown i'm wondering what is too many uh this is a good question sometimes this depends on the percent to first to me depending on like hey do i want to you know, do this many or that many. Uh, I'll tell you like a blanket rule that I do. So in this example here, the ownership geometric mean rule here, you have to basically start with a, with a number here. So it's like X dupes divided by the number of entries in the contest to the power of one over six, where six is the number of players in your lineup. I will usually start with 20 or 30, depending on the size of the contest. So I think that that is like a, good baseline to start because ultimately geometric mean to me is not like an end all be all uh it is just a tool to help me have less duplicated lineups so i am combining geometric mean with salary um ideas with lineup construction ideas with correlation ideas and all of these other things to try and get myself to play more unique lineups but one aspect of that includes using geometric mean so i think using a you know, blanket rule. Like to start, I'd say like twenty dupes, and then kind of going the next step to get to even less dupes is is the approach that I personally like to take. All right, next question here. Um, okay, so this one came in in support. I actually did respond to this one earlier. So there was a question saying, "I know punt and kick returners aren't common in the NFL, but shouldn't the punt slash kick returner?" for each team be a little positively correlated with the defense, but they, because they both get points for return touchdowns. Uh So good point here. I, I did respond via support here. And ultimately um I will mention this to the team here, but really I think it just comes down to like, sometimes like, the point and kick returners are position players. Sometimes they are not. uh Sometimes they have a really low snap share. Like they like, specifically like just do this so it's really like a team by team basis and i could see where you would be right here so i'll definitely mention it to the team all right next question here from Rum runners question says hello andrew my question is regarding contest sims versus unique lineups on a typical main nfl showdown slate i played 236 lineups if I run contest sims for each individual contest, I end up with duplicated lineups in each contest. Should I just run one contest sim for everything so I get 236 unique lineups? On the other hand, I have been doing pretty well running sims for each contest and not worrying about duplicating myself. I do play around with unique and Max Salary on each of the four 20 max contests and limiting the dupes. I appreciate your thoughts on this. Okay, so I actually had a very similar conversation here uh, with with somebody else in support. And I would actually really recommend following these guidelines here. So I'm going to link this conversation as a uh, response to you here. So if I go grab that, I'm still gonna talk about this, but I do wanna mention this. So we talk about this process where basically you build all your lineups together. So so really building the contests and the contest that you're contest simming are two different things here, right? So we can talk about this for a little bit. So I'm going to go to this showdown for tonight. So what you're going to see here is that when I open up the build settings for this slate, uh, I think I had some lineups here. Let me just stop this. Okay. So let's go here. So when I, well, I look at my build settings, right? Whether I'm playing 150 max, large field, sliders are 0, 010. If I'm playing a single entry, 1 to 10K, sliders are also 0, 010. So the sliders determine how the lineups are built. Since the sliders are the same, I would just build them all the same. Okay. So then I would just build all the lineups at once here. And I'm just going to build uh, 200 for the sake for ease here. So I'm going to build 200 lineups. So I'd, So I would combine all your lineups into a single build. And then what I would do is I would have all your contest sims down here at the bottom. So then I'm going to have, you know, contest sim. We'll say contest sim one and then contest sim two. And then we'll just do an example with these two here. So boom, lineups go. I'm going to run my contest sim. It's going to build it for both of them here. And then once I get to this point, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to come into my lineup sorting metrics here. I have contest sim one, contest sim two. I would sort by whatever sorting metric I want. So let's say I want to do risk adjusted ROI. And let's say they're both 20 maxes. I'm going to go and submit these lineups into my contest. I'm going to check only the one contest that matches the contest sim. I'm going to click save to contest. And then what I'm going to do, I'm going to come to my lineups. I'm going to trash these 20 lineups and then get a new 20 lineups and then I'm going to go to my second contest sim sort by that metric and then save to my contest again. So then now this way, I know that I have not duplicated these lineups and I am entering a unique lineup into each entry and I'm using the specific contest sim for that contest and then filling accordingly. So it's build contest sim, fill for a contest, trash those lineups, get new lineups, fill for the next contest, rinse and repeat over and over again. So That is the format that I like to follow. All right, question from Kokomo. Question says, how is the dupe metric calculated for showdown? Is it a mix of Geo mean and salary? Also mine shows zero dupes for every lineup. Great question here. So we actually did a video on this. So if you go to our support docs, it says, what is the dupes contest sim metric here? I'm gonna link this in the chat. This will give you a good understanding But basically, um, what happens is that when we run the ownership build, we allow lineups to be put into the field more than one time. When we build your pool of lineups, we do not allow that, right? That is where the sim optimals metric comes in. We just tally that information. But instead, in the ownership build, we allow the lineup to be put into the pool more than once. And then when we run your contest sim, if this lineup is in the field lineups more than one time, we'll tell you how many times via the dupes metric. So this lineup was duped twice. So that means within our 10,000 field lineups for NFL Showdown, this lineup was in there twice. And that's basically what it means. But check out that video to give you a uh, brief rundown of everything uh, related to the dupes metric. All right, question from L-Dog. Question says, is adjusting exposure after you build your lineups to align with the percentages in the player pool the same as using min uniques is this a waste of time making these adjustments yesterday after my builds several players had exposures extremely high versus the player pool i noticed if i made the exposure adjustments to align with the player pool and slash or what i felt more comfortable with i was not able to really utilize min uniques meaning there was not enough players in the player pool okay great question here so yes so this is like a formula that i suggest following generally here so let's say like you're playing the nfl main slate for yesterday so if i go to the main slate i should have lineups in one of these no lineups okay i have lineups in this one so let's let's go here so let's say that you know you run your build you get your lineups and then what i like to do is just go straight to my leverage column so So I'm going to go, I'm going to go and look at my leverage, right? So I'm going to see which players I am most high on at the moment, right? And then I'm going to determine one, am I comfortable with these players or two, am I not? And then if I am not, the easiest thing to do is to start by adjusting your min uniques here. This is going to organically adjust your exposure. So you're going to see that right now we have 63 players in our player pool by telling the builder, you must have X number of players different. From every other lineup that we're playing, the builder is going to have to start adding players to the player pool. So we went from one mini unique and 63 players in our player pool to seven mini uniques and 77 players in our player pool. So we have added 14 players to the player pool. And then also at mini uniques of one, our top exposures are 65%, 60%, 55%. So three players above 50. At seven, where we were, we have no player over 45%. We only have one, and then it goes down to 35, 35, 30. So these exposures get flatter, and the builder is able to do this process easier because what most people would do themselves, they would just say, hey, I'm just going to you know, set a max exposure to the top exposed guys. The builder might not think that's the optimal decision. So by putting this restraint on the builder that you must guarantee guarantee X number's different, the builder is going to try and prioritize what it perceives to be are the best plays. So in this case, it thought TJ Hawkinson was much a much better play than all of these other options and has moved them around accordingly here, right? So I think that using Minuniques first and then doing fine-tune adjustments is the way to go. So I would rather you use Minuniques and then make two or three max exposure adjustments, Rather than use, rather than make ten to fifteen max exposure adjustments, and then try to use menu uniques. So I would flip the way that you were doing it that you mentioned. All right, question here from Sunfam, and then we will jump over to the YouTube chat. Question says, Andrew in NHL, can you talk about why I may receive two defensemen from the same team on four three stacks? With the following group rules, I have in the past made a rule to use only one defenseman per team, but the builder would not build. Um, This sounds more like a troubleshooting thing than anything here. So the only thing that's really standing out to me, okay, he said, apologies, but the check marks don't show on mobile. Okay, so that was like one thing that was standing out to me. Um, this is something that I would probably like have to look at after the fact here, just because it's a little more like, uh, testing and and trying to see what's going on myself here, but I'll make a note to follow up with you in the discord. So sun fam question, and then we could talk about what's going on from there. All right. Jumping over to the YouTube chat. First question came in from Yang. hope I'm bouncing that right. Question says, what ROI are you aiming for? Also, what is achievable overall with DFS (laughs) main sports? A great question here. So I've talked to like a lot of sharp players. And one thing that I've heard them say here is that in the lower stakes under $3 contests, when they had access to those contests, they've been able to turn like a, uh, you know, 30% ROI, like at the high end here. And then in contests above $3, their ROI has gone down to something closer to like 10%. So they're definitely a big drop-off in stakes. That's why we got. That's why we suggest you all play those under $3 contests for as long as you have access to them. But I think that if you are turning a 10% ROI playing all contests up and down the lobby, that you're obviously a very, very good player. And that's what I've heard on other shows and DFS shows in general here. So um, something to just be aware of in general. All right. Next question from Jeff, how would you sim a five-man contest? Um, I think that, you know, we, we might have been talking about this in the Discord here, uh, but but really, you know, I, I think that you, uh, you would have to build a custom field because ownership projections are not going to be close enough to what you're going to see in a five-man field. So this would be like a trial and error, uh, you know, be very aware of the players in your contest, be very aware of the cash lineups across the industry. And try and make some some educated guesses as to what those five lineups are going to look like but I would definitely be building a custom five lineups here and and going from there as far as running a contest sim so so make a build you know build five lineups and then in your contest sim settings set that field lineups drop down to whatever build you have those five lineups in and then run it like that and then set up your metrics accordingly but That is what I would be doing for a five-man contest. All right, that about does it, everybody, for today's show. Appreciate you guys tuning in. As always, again, congratulations to the winners. Our support team will reach out to you. I'm going to look into that thing that SunFam sent over. But until tomorrow, guys, take care. Good luck. I'll see you. Thanks.